Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 48 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. We're two episodes away from episode 50, where you'll be seeing some changes in episode 50 with the big old 50 trivia questions in it. I got to get on it. I have not started them yet. My name is Jordan Lorenz, joined alongside the one and only Drew Skyberg. And Drew, very sports-packed weekend for you. Talk all about it. How was your weekend? It was good. Uh, yeah, a lot of good sports this weekend. I was actually in Stevens Point, so I was at a hockey game Friday oh, yeah. night, watched them play UW-South. They got the dub, the pointers indeed did. And then Saturday, I was at a basketball game. Stevens Point was playing again against UW-Platteville, so I got to see Valder's alumni, Kyle Tuma, score 18 points against the pointers and get the dub for that ranked Pioneers team. So that was a lot of fun to watch. A good D3 WIAC matchup. It's very, very underrated, Jordan. I recommend if you've not watched a Division three ba- basketball game in Wisconsin, very competitive. You know, I feel like, so here's my thing about that, right? Like you sent me a picture of the hockey arena and my first thing was like, well, that's small. And then you counter with, well, it's super loud in here. And, you know, I kind of like that, right? Because I go to Green Bay and they have their games at the Rush Center. That place doesn't fill up. It doesn't get anywhere near full. So even though it's D1 basketball, it's like in an empty arena and it's kind of like, uh, I would much rather be in like that D three setting where the gym is smaller and it's fuller might not seem like a college atmosphere at times, but I'm assuming you agree with me. It was, yeah, it, it was loud in both of the venues I was at. And yeah, I, I agree with that. Cause you know, Milwaukee plays in the Panther arena. They don't fill that thing up. You know, like they, the Pfizer forum for Marquette's different, but like even like us horizon league guys, Panther Arena, Rush Center, they don't get full. It's not the same. There's some exceptions. Uh, homecoming, you know, there's some games okay, where it, sure. it gets it gets full, but and the Admirals play there, so then you can say, like, you know, they, they can fill that thing up. But, yeah, uh, certainly like a Wednesday night conference game, it's not going to be, you know, same goes with GBA and the Rush Center as well. But I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, so that's my take there. A good weekend overall for Mr. Skyberg, and that's what we got here, guys. Don't forget – Man, we got a busy week this week. We're going to be promoting it left and right. All of our social media platforms. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on the Instagram. And we've been posting more on that EWC page, getting things up. I was posting some scores from the weekend. We'll be talking a big upset later on tomorrow. Because tomorrow, let's talk about it, Drew. You and Robert taking over the reins for a Tuesday episode, one time only. I mean, maybe it'll be more of a theme moving forward, but it won't be all the time. Yeah, so Jordan did an excellent radio kind of segment, you know, WMT style, I'd say, last Tuesday. Did very well. I got got some good feedback on it. And then now with tomorrow, uh, Robert and I are going to take over because we're going to go more in-depth on these games with Robert and I being EWC fans. I actually was watching that brilliant Valders game because with hockey, it got, it got to a blowout, you know, two, three scores in the three, third period. So started watching some of the Valders brilliant game, and it was some good stuff. was able to catch actually a lot of it. So I was – some good stuff. We'll, we'll talk all about that game and the whole EWC as a whole. So I'm looking forward to it, Jordan. Going to be a lengthier one tomorrow. Big time upset. We'll be talking about it in there, Drew and Robert. That is Facebook. We're Jordan Drew, the sports crew, as our YouTube. Jordan Drew, the sports crew on there as well. Approaching 50 subscribers on the YouTube. So let's keep it up, guys. Get us to that 50 mark. And then Twitter. We are at JD Sports Pod. Thank you all. Jordan Law underscore PXP got me to 100 followers. I'm at like 102 now, I believe. Woo-hoo. Thank you all very, very much. Big accomplishment. I don't even tweet that much anymore. I just tweet like when I'm announcing, but that's dying down as well. I got two games left on the year, and then maybe I'll pick up a few more, but 
Maybe not. Baseball, Luther, then. You no, got, I've, you, I've got a busy well, this summer. Slate. This summer. Yes, this summer. That'll be coming up. We'll maybe, talk about. Maybe you and Brian Norton do some softball? I've never got asked to do a softball game or a baseball game or anything like that, but you never know. I know Brian's covered some softball in his day, so we'll have to see. But I got a Lutheran girls game on Thursday and then ships two weeks from Thursday, and that's all we got left. So that is that. And other than that, let's get to our shout-outs of the week. I put an S on it because we got two of them. Manitowoc Lincoln football players committing to play at the collegiate level. Ben Walsh, big long snapper. He's been to a ton of camps and stuff, pushing out his game. He got quite a few offers. He actually just got one on Saturday, but he's going to UW Lacrosse. So I was a little thrown off by this, but Ben Walsh going to UWL. Good for him, staying local, obviously, in the state of Wisconsin. And Tanner Morotic will be going to UW Stevens Point. So it was great to see two ship football players getting to play at the next level. Sadly, you know, it was Saturday, Brett Prangy, I saw he posted on his story that he's committing. He's making a commitment announcement tomorrow. So that would have been yesterday on Sunday, but we're recording at five o'clock, nothing yet. So no Brett Prangy announcement. We'll likely have that next week for you. But overall, congratulations to these guys on committing to play in college and staying local as well. Always love to see that. Let's move on to the stats of the week. This graphic blew my mind. The most receiving yards after turning 40. There's only three players on this list. Jerry Rice is first, 2,169 receiving yards after the age of 40. Tom Brady is second with six receiving yards. And you know who's third? Brett Favre with negative two. And that's the list. That is it. And this is kind of mind-blowing to see this right in front of us. But hey, that was the list, and it got a nice little laugh out of me. Greg Popovich, first coach in NBA history to reach 1,500 regular season and playoff wins. Drew, is this dude ever slowing down? When's this man going to hang it up? Yeah, he's got some – I think he's got a few years left. He's got a younger right now Spurs team he's working with, and it's certainly not the teams he's had in the past. They're kind of mediocre, but he's got some good, good young players on his squad, and hopefully he can coach them up before he retires. Hopefully, we'll have to see, obviously, Coach K, his last season. We'll be talking college basketball coming up. Before we get to the wildest stat ever, let's talk about the Packers special teams. I found this graphic. In the NFL, via the pro football focus, this year the Packers were ranked 31st for special teams. Last year they were 29th. The year before they were 24th. The year before they were 32nd. The year before they were 30th. The year before that, they were 32nd. Then it gets better. In 2015 season, they were 15th. Oh, not bad. But the year before that, they were 31st. And then the year before that, they were 30th. I mean, how hard can it be to turn special teams around? Drew, I don't understand this at all. Well, yeah, now Marie Straten being fired. So now Coach LaFleur is on his third special teams coordinator already. And that's going to be certainly an interesting you know, spot to fill with the proven long-term track record of not being great. So I, I think the simple solution, Jordan, and I, I know this isn't really an ideal thing, but you're going to play some starters on special teams. It's just as simple as well. that. Cooper we, Cup receives punts. I mean, they do it around the Debo, league. You know, the 49ers, yeah. look, look at both teams in the NFC Championship. Both of the teams, you know, really implement that. So I think that's that's a part of winning because special teams is still a fundamental part of football. And that proved and- in the in the divisional round. It's a lot more than just like the guys are turning the punts and kicks as well. There's a whole lot of pieces that go into it. Let's go to our final stat. Everyone in the world has seen this. On 
2 2 of 22, February 2nd, 2022. Keep that date in mind. The Grizzlies, number 22, their player. Desmond Bain. Sorry. Yes. I just like I just wanted to keep the numbers, but I understand putting the name out there. He shot 22.2%, had two assists, two blocks, two steals, two personal fouls, and two turnovers. So number 22 did all of that on 2-2 of 22. This is, I mean, is this dumb luck? Did they do this on purpose? I don't understand, but this is crazy. Yeah, Desmond Bain, I, I, I saw this right away, and I was like, wow. And, you know, it was kind of an off night for him, you know, 4 for 18 shooting. He's been a great player. You can't do that on purpose, that's for sure. But, yeah, this is one of the weirdest occurrences in NBA history, for sure. I, I don't <laughs> It's I great, don't though. Recall. There's been some stats, you know, crazy stat lines where, like, Tony Snell, you know, put up, like, zero, 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 zero. Yes. You know, we, we've seen all those stat lines before. We've seen some, some of those. But this is, this is an interesting one, to say the least. Yeah, this is next level. What a great way to end our stats of the week segment. Now the date today, February 7th, 2022. We got some Super Bowls in here to round things off. But first, on this day in 1949, Joe DiMaggio became the first $100,000 a year baseball player for the Yankees. I always love throwing the money baseball ones in here just to show how much times have changed. Let's go nine years later. On this day in 1958, the Dodgers officially became the Los Angeles Dodgers Incorporated. On this day in 1973, the first time the Rangers shut out the Islanders. 6 nothing win. Interesting there between two of the earliest teams in the NHL. We'll be talking some hockey later on here. Also, this Thursday, my own hockey episode, a standalone uh, 15, 20 minutes, maybe half hour, probably not that Two long. Hours. We'll see. Maybe three hours, maybe four hours, talking all about the first half of the NHL season, an all-star game. I mean, it was my first time watching most of the all-star game. It's okay. It's not great, but Cam Talbot struggled in the championship game. Our boy from the wild crew, Kaprizov, didn't do a whole lot. The skills competition, though, Drew, oh my goodness. If you have a chance to check this out, they had a fountain face-off at the Bellagio in Las Vegas where they were out on, not the ocean, but, you know, they were out in the middle of nowhere, basically. And on the platform, they had to hit it into four of five platforms that were placed real far away on water. Obviously, they were also in Vegas, Vegas-themed. They played blackjack, so they were on a stand, and they had life-size cards, you know, these nice big cards. And you had to hit your stick to the puck and hit the cards to try and get 21. I mean, Pavleski, he was an absolute stud in that one. And then my favorite is the breakaway challenge. Basically, think of the slam dunk contest, right? And they do it in hockey. They do it. And they've got judges to score. Kirill Kaprizov, he did a tribute to Alex Ovechkin because he had COVID, wasn't able to participate in the weekend. Just if you can see the breakout challenge, there were some of them that were so good. I'll be talking about one in depth on that episode on Thursday, but just check them out if you have the time. It'll be well worth it. On this day, 1985, New York Devils' Don Lever became the 57th NHLer to score 300 goals. So, congratulations, Don. On this day, 1998, let's see, the 18th Winter Olympic Games. Open in Nagano, Japan. I threw this in here because we're currently going through the Winter Olympics. Do you watch the Winter Olympics a whole lot? I haven't had a chance to yet. I have not been able to catch a lot of it because basketball has been busy. This is the busy time of year for basketball, as we know, and football. And football, well, besides the Pro Bowl, we'll mention real quick coming up when we get to it. But otherwise, Olympic Games, I mean, 
the winter ones I kind of enjoy because it's like sports you never really get to see and it's different things. But I prefer the summer ones day and night. Other than that, let's move on on this day. In 2010, one of the Super Bowls saw the Saints beat the Colts 31-17. Drew Brees gets the MVP in that one. On this day in 2016, the 50th Super Bowl sees the Broncos beat the Panthers 24-10. Von Miller wins the MVP. I'm going to be honest, I have no recollection of that Super Bowl at all. Really? That was that was Cam Newton's lone one. That was that big I, year. That's why I MVP was like, year. Cam Newton made it to a Super Bowl? Yeah, it was his MVP year. You don't, yeah. No, I don't remember that one at all. Obviously, Manning, I remember that part, but I just don't. On the same 2021, yes, one year ago today was the most recent Super Bowl where the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs, dominated them. It says 31 9. Brady gets the MVP, his seventh Super Bowl win. Just unreal. Hopefully, we don't have a blowout in the Super Bowl. And let's stay right on the football subject, Drew. You've got the Pro Bowl score up. I watched a, I actually watched a little of it. I never watched the Pro Bowl. It's stupid. It's useless. It's touch football. They don't do anything. The announcers aren't even talking about the game. And I had it on this year and I was it was just a little bit, you know, watching some of the end. It ended up getting a little close, but man, the Pro Bowl is a joke. Like I just I don't understand why you would want to go this game, how anyone can enjoy it. It's just not, it's not enjoyable at all. So as Jordan, as we see, does not really like the Pro Bowl, uh, 41-35 win for the AFC. and Good to yeah, see it, it high scoring. It, it was basically touch football, he, he spot. And I get the idea of kind of honoring them. It's, you know, every, every sport is that all-star game. And this is kind of the NFL all-star game. So the idea Because they don't is, have an all-star break in the middle, you know, so they got to chuck it at the end. I will say the Pro Bowl game itself has turned into a joke these past years. And I, I know everyone agrees. You know, I think everyone can agree with that. But I think the skills challenge, I think that's something that needs to stay. You know, with they do like passing the targets, the, the sprint stuff, maybe not as cool. But I think the Pro Bowl skills challenge, I think that's still, you know, something to add. Because, every, look, every sport's got their own thing. And, you know, this happens to be the NFL's, but. It comes at a weird time too, which you know. You yeah, can't that's really the worst part because then the guys in the Super Bowl don't get to play in the Pro Bowl, and sometimes you're not even getting the best players. Hockey, I taped the skills competition, you know, so I could watch it after, fast forward through stuff. Same thing, they have like a fastest skater challenge, and it's like, well, I'm not trying to watch these dudes skate in 15 seconds or on the ice. You know what I mean? Like some of them should stay absolutely, but I also don't watch the NFL. I don't watch the NFL skills competition either. Like the only you. thing I watch is the dunk contest for the NBA, and that's it. And even that hasn't been as great these past few years. Yeah, I think the three-point shootout, I think that'll be fun this year because we have a chance for Bobby Portis. I don't know if really? you heard. He just had a 30-point game the other we'll night. Talk that, we'll talk all about it. Trust me, that was good. good. But I just want to point out how Jared from Journey to a Million was, was hyping up JT's big day for rushing, and uh, he finished three carries, eight yards, so. They don't, they don't run, do they? I'm assuming no, they just throw. No, they just throw. And it's a lot. It, it's touch football, as Jordan mentioned. And yeah. Uh, but 41 35 win for the AFC. No defense played again. No surprise. And NFC scored two touchdowns in the fourth to make it a one score game, but couldn't get Probably the job scripted done. to get him back into it. Probably. Um, and some interceptions in the game, which is, which I guess adds to it. Mac it Jones makes sense, though. If- Herbert threw a pick, and then Patrick Mahomes threw a pick. Really? Then, I just I still don't understand how Russell Wilson and Mac Jones are in this game. Wilson threw two picks, and then Cousins too in it uh, yeah. threw a pick, and then Murray threw a pick. So yeah, that leaves everyone's throwing picks. Seven you can tell they're just chucking it. 
they're just throwing that ball downfield just for fun. But I mean, it makes money for the NFL. They're not going to change it anytime soon. So, I mean, do you have any final thoughts on the Pro Bowl? Yeah, we'll end with that. Let's go. We want the Super Bowl. Let's do it. So a real quick Super Bowl preview because we'll be talking about it on Journey to a Million this coming Friday. Are are we going to announce the guest right now or are we keeping it a secret? We're keeping it a secret. Okay. Okay. Big time guest coming up on Friday for Journey to a Million. You won't want to miss it at all. But it is here. The week is finally here. It is Super Bowl week. The Rams getting to play in their home stadium. It's only been done twice, last year and this year. It's kind of funny how that works out. The Rams at SoFi Stadium basically getting to host the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, that's my guy. Always has been since the LSU days. Always will be. It is so great to see Matthew Stafford in this position. And, you know, obviously the Rams, they say they're all in. You know, they lost a ton of their draft picks. They made their trade, Super Bowl or bust. But they made it here, and they're in front of their home fans. So at the end of the day, I think it's a win, no matter what in the season. Obviously, you want to win it all. But if you lose to this Bengals team and Joe Burrow, this story is absolutely insane. Dude gets drafted first overall and just absolutely ruptures his ACL last year, seven weeks into the season or something like that. Somehow came back this season and was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Sure, he had his ups and downs, but here he was and here he is showing out in the playoffs. I'll be rooting for the Bengals, and just for fun, I have been predicting the entire time the Bengals win on a walk-off field goal from Evan McPherson. What happened to your Cowboys winning the Super Bowl? Well, that was just a bold prediction for the long bet. Sorry, I just thought that was funny. Um, Okay, it's funny, though, because I was going to pick the Bills, which also went to Vended Well. I wasn't going to pick Bengals or Rams or Packers, which are my teams. Yeah, I'll go Rams in the Super Bowl here. I don't know. This is one of your one of your bets of the week here, but it's not. But we could not. make it one. You want to do a score prediction? Certainly could. We might do Let's one do on it. the socials. But yeah, I'm gonna go Rams here, and okay. I think the Matthew Stafford story just also obviously Joe Burrow story is great. But I just like how Matthew Stafford, you know, is coming from where he did in Detroit with this with the team around him to now this. Plus the Rams being all in, you know, getting guys like Von Miller and OBJ. This is the year, you know, and I, I think they're gonna pull it, pull it out. I think they certainly have the chance to. It depends how Cam Akers and Joe Mixon do, because that's where you kind of throw it up in the air. Bengals like the run game, but Joe Mixon hasn't done a whole lot this postseason. He's had a big run here or there. Cam Akers, he has just been a machine since he came back. No idea how he's back as soon as he is, but good for him. I expect a big game out of OBJ. I mean, it's it also depends on who Eli Apple covers, and if he's on OBJ, I expect an even bigger day for OBJ, because Apple is just not great. And Cooper Cop, he'll get his catches. Jamar Chase, he'll get his catches. Both quarterbacks have their targets. And I think the Rams are certainly in a great spot to win, even without Robert Woods. But yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a great game either way. Do you think it's a shootout? I think it's like middle of the road, 20-something, 20-something. I like the middle of the road pick. Uh, we, I'll go we... 24-21. Oh, okay. And you're going to go, you're going Bengals with that. I'm going Bengals. Game winner. Yes, absolutely. Has to be. Well, how this postseason has been, you would think it would be, you know, ending last possession, but we saw the Super Bowl last year, like you said, 31 9. Um, I could see, I'll go, you know, I, I might, I might up it here. I'll still, this might kind of sound like a shootout, but not going for one. I'll say, you know, 35 27. Okay. Rams win. You know, I think we could certainly see, I mean, it doesn't seem like Joe Burrow gets affected by anything, but I think we could certainly see some early nerves, you know, 
start to play off for this team. They three and outed against the Chiefs. They had a bad first half, but terrible, yeah. Coach says they're a better second half team, and you got to trust Zach Taylor. And we'll see what happens. Obviously, SoFi, I'm sure it'll be filled with a bunch of Rams fans. Did you see the ticket prices for this game? I mean, this is just ungodly. Like, who is charging these prices? It's like five grand for one of the cheapest nosebleeds. Yeah, uh, when the Rams, when you have the home team hosting and it being in a venue in Los Angeles, right? I, I think that's going to really add to the value. So, and then plus last year, you know, Tom Brady, you know, the, the Bucks hosting it, that was always watching Tom Brady in a Super Bowl is like, oh my goodness, this could be his last game. You know, I always, that narrative, so that increased that, but with the Rams, you know, and Bengals not being a big market, you know, the, the, this game still is. Oh, but they're awful. a diehard fan base, and I'm sure they'll travel if they can. I was reading an article earlier in the day. There's the cheapest parking spot available on StubHub is $391. That's for parking. That's the cheapest spot, but at the Hollywood Park Casino, steps away from SoFi Stadium, they're charging five grand to park. $5,000 just to park. And there's some places a little further away for $4,000. And this is unreal. There was one guy who's charging $200. He lives at like a mile away, but he'll drive you to the game. So very nice gesture by him to charge $200 and then chill for you to the game. But it's Super Bowl Sunday, baby. It's coming up. We won't be able to talk about it next week on episode 49. However, we'll be talking about it on, is that episode 10 of Journey to a Million? The week well- after? Right now, yeah, that's going to be episode 10 is next Friday. Episode 9 is this Friday, and that's yes. with the guest to be named later because we can't give out who nope. it is yet. It is a surprise. But yeah, episode 10, Jordan Lorenz then will be on is how it's going to work. We were originally going to have him on for a preview. Hey, plans change. Plans so, change. So now instead of episode 9 of the journey, you'll hear him on episode 10. Can't wait at all. I mean, it's going to be a big-time week, so let's talk about real quick just – Overall for the week, we've kind of been all over the place. Obviously, we've got episode 48 on Monday. Depends when you're listening to this episode. Tuesday, so tomorrow if you're listening on Monday. Tuesday, we've got Drew and Robert breaking down EWC basketball, taking a one-week break from my roundup or breakdown like we did last week. Wednesday, it'll be episode, I've lost track of how many episodes of College Athlete. of the College Athlete Spotlight. Seth Cash Money Mangan is going to be on to talk about his storied basketball career. It's going to be a great episode. Coming off a little injury as well. Hopefully he's doing all right, recovering well. Thursday will be my NHL midseason recap. And then Friday is indeed Journey to a Million, episode nine, with the guest to be named. Speaking of the NHL, let's talk about it real quick. There's just a few big announcements, right? So taking a shot at the MLB here, we have no clue what's happening this season with the MLB. But we already know what's going to happen next year for the NHL. The Winter Classic, Drew, you remember that, right? Played at Target Field. Guess where they're playing next year. Um, okay. Well, let's, is it a baseball stadium again? It is a baseball stadium. Is it in Chicago? It is not in Chicago. It's going to be at Fenway Park. The Uh, second time they've held it at Fenway and the Boston Bruins obviously will be hosting that one. They hosted in 2010. So now all these years later, they're going to get it back 13 years later. It's going to be huge. New Year's Day, Winter Classic at the one and only Fenway Park. I was there. I have dirt from Fenway Park. There won't be any dirt happening at this hockey game. We also can tell you that the Florida Panthers, after a great, great season this year, they're going to get to host the All-Star Game next year and also the Stadium Series. For the first time ever, the Carolina Carolina Hurricanes get to play outdoors. 
and that will be played at the Carter Finley Stadium in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I'm guessing that's, oh, it says right here, the home of the NC State Wolfpack. So I was going to guess like a soccer stadium, but NC State, that's nice. Nice little stadium series. Can't wait for hockey. Obviously, we've got a big second half of the season coming up, but that's all we got here. And now let's talk about the realm of high school basketball. We're going bottoms up today. High school, college, and bucks to round off this episode. We mentioned EWC's tomorrow. There's a big upset. We're not going to talk about it here. All we're really going to talk about is the ship's basketball because they had two bangers, two absolutely insane games happened this past week i was at bayport high school this past tuesday ships in bayport the first time these two teams met it was 68 68 went into overtime gage pernell charged into the lane well ships had the ball with a minute left they call a timeout with 20 seconds left with eight seconds left to go gage pernell gets fouled charging in for a layup misses both free throws game goes to overtime ships end up losing at jfk fieldhouse they were up 19-6 early in that game the second game was not like that. This was an entirely different game. It was at Bayport High School. It was close. Tie 31 all at the half. Then with a minute, 20 seconds left, we're tied at 64. I'm on the radio. I look over to Dan Franz. I'm like, we're in the same place we were last time. Ships held the ball, and they just didn't get a good look at all. They turned the ball over at the end of the first overtime, where they were also in the same spot, right? So 64-64, ships aren't able. They got a bad look from Brock Peterson. He wasn't able to make it. We go to overtime. Both teams score seven points. Chips, same spot. I think there was like 35 seconds left. They have the ball. And Spencer Regan's followed out. So their big guy is out of the game at this point. Huge presence for him. Ben Wallersheim in, big time minutes. Turns the ball over, trying to force a pass. Bayport misses a half-court shot. We go to a second overtime. Keep in mind, we're tied up at this point, 71-71, going into our second overtime. Chips have had two chances to win this game. Mattis Perrick is hot, nearly a career high. Brock Peterson and Spencer Wiegand set their career highs in this game. But when you're tied 71-71, going into your second overtime, and your leading scorer, Braden Kennedy, does not have a single point, is that not alarming? And the ships end up losing in the second overtime, 76-75, and it's not as close as the score dictates. It was 76-72. Mattis had a three-pointer at the buzzer, and that was it. A one-point loss for the ships. At Bayport, a game they absolutely should not have lost. But Drew, when's the last time you've seen a high school game go to two overtimes? I'm thinking um, it's been a while, I think. That's what I'm saying. You don't see this often. We almost saw a Valor's game go into double OT last year, I believe, against Brilliant. But, hey, it was decided in the first overtime. It does not happen often, like you said. But I listened to that and the end of your radio broadcast. WMTradio.com really comes in clutch when you're outside of the listening area. A deflated loss for the ships. Deflating is one word for it as they lose at Bayport. And then they were at Green Bay Southwest this past Friday night in FRCC conference action. Green Bay Southwest coming into this game was four and eight. And the ships were four and eight as well. So this is kind of that bottom tier matchup. The ships somehow found a way to win at the buzzer. I mean, it shouldn't have been this close in the first place, but for whatever reason, the ships don't do well against Green Bay Southwest. They beat them 46-45 the first time around. This time they beat them 70-69. Gage Cornell with a go-away layup. I don't know how he was able to charge in and get a wide-open layup as time expired, but he did. I mean, it was barely contested. Dude just got the ball half court, 
think there was six seconds left. He did a little crossover left to right and went up with the right and finished underhand layup to seal it. So great win for the ships, but you are a long bet this week. I know you're not the biggest ships guy, but our long bet is about the ships because they play top tier FRCC opponents this week. They host Ashwabana, who only has one loss in FRCC conference action, but the ships only lost to them by four in their first meeting. Ashwabadon 17 and one overall, 12 and one in FRCC conference action. They play them Tuesday and then Friday, they're at Notre Dame. Notre Dame, the only team to beat Ashwabadon in FRCC action, 10 and two in the conference, 14 and four overall. Those two games for the ships, I have counted our Super Bowl bet. So that'll be in here as well. We're doing two bets this week. Manitowoc Lincoln, do the ships win over or under 0.5 games? Do they walk out with a win this week? Under. Absolutely. Yeah, I think under's a lock here with how, you know, I, I just listened to the ships team. I have not been able to watch some ships basketball, but listening to what I've heard Jordan say on the air and just like looking through some stats and stuff, it's been, you know, not not really a a good season here for the ships. Kind of, you know, disappointing, I think might be a word that's thrown out there based on how they should be performing against some of these schools, but I'll go under on that point five. I was going under as well. I mean, you're playing Ashwabanon at home, but it's also on a Tuesday, so it's not like a big-time Friday night game. I think the JFK will be packed, but it's not going to be enough for them to get the win over one of the top teams in in the state, maybe? Not really, but that's that's another discussion. And then you've got, yeah, it's under is basically a lock, as Drew said. I think we're we're pretty certain that even though the ships compete in these games, they stay in them. They don't always finish games well, and we've seen that time and time again. As I say that, after the coming off a big layup, go ahead, win. Let's talk about some college basketball that happened last Wednesday on the 2nd of February. So there was a busy night. The Minnesota, Minnesota Wild were on the late game, started at 8.30 on TNT. The Badgers, they were on. They were playing Illinois, top 20 matchup. Marquette was playing Villanova, late game. But once again, all of these were going on at the same time. The Wild beat the Blackhawks 5-0. Great win for them. Wisconsin Badgers fall to Illinois 80-67. 22 points from Johnny Davis is not enough. Kofi Cockburn, 37 points, 12 rebounds. And the shooting of the Badgers was absolutely atrocious. At one point, they were 1 of 16 from 3, or 1 of 18 maybe. They finished the game 3 of 24 from 3. So not a good loss for the Badgers at all and drew before we get to that we'll mention it all in once marquette owns villanova absolutely owns them 83 73 justin lewis 19 and 9 leads the way for this golden eagles team and i am just so excited so excited that tyler Pollock has finally taken the ball to the hoop actually scoring hit 18 points in this one he's still turning it over from time to time but he's not always forcing the extra passes He's actually going up and shooting. And one time he knocked down a three and looked over to Shaka and pointed to him. And that put a big old smile on my face. Tyler Pollock, one of my favorite players in college basketball. So, Drew, Wednesday night hoops. Badgers go down. Marquette gets another humongous win over the Wildcats. Yeah, it was an exciting night. If you are a Marquette fan, want to see Wisconsin go down. They they have struggled against big men this year, especially, you know, Kofi Cokeburn. Really they just cooked. don't have the height to defend them. Yeah, Stephen Crowell, and then you know they they have some other guys, but it's been it's been tough for Wisconsin being playing defense against you know any big it seems like, but even like their their Penn State game, which I know we'll probably talk about as well. It's been 
it, it has not been really that well. You know, Johnny Davis coming off probably his worst week this year, if we look as well. Statistically, uh, probably. Probably, yeah. Uh, but I just want to point out more of the Wisconsin, that the team they got going. Carter Gilmore was the other guy. Um, you know, both those guys being their kind of centers um, just haven't really done done well defensively. You know, it's not like you have a guy like Ethan Happ who would get you two, two three blocks a game. Right. Or, yeah, like Tyler Wall still is also a solid, you know, solid piece there. But, you know, that's just one guy to keep in mind. But going back now to Marquette, big one you, you touched on it. Tyler Kolek scoring is a plus. Villanova did not play well again against Marquette. Number, you know, number 12 Villanova at the time at here now. And they beat him when they were number 11 as well. So Marquette now we're being at 24. They'll certainly be higher today when this is aired. I'm, I will throw out a number. You know, we saw teams below or I guess lower than them lose. So I will Always say, a good sign. yeah, I'll, I'll, I would think we'll see them at 18 through 20 range. Actually, I was going to say 18, 18 yeah. or 19. Yeah. And I, I think maybe even 18, cause I believe they're the most ranked wins in the country now. So yes. That's certainly something that you're that you look into. They tied their record. This, this could be a stats of the week, a stat of the week. They tied their uh, single season record for most ranked wins, and look, they got some games left, so they could easily Still, break yeah. that record. But I want to talk about now in the game how it went itself. Justin Lewis has still been settling for threes, and it's paying off for him. You know, four for five from three. You really don't like to see that. See him sit, take five threes a game. He's a guy who. Uh, but he's been making them, so I guess you got to be okay with it. But he's a guy you'd want maybe three to three to five in that range. Yeah. Uh, five might be on the high end, but there's been some games where you've seen him really settle for some threes, and he, his bread and butter is in the post. You give him the ball in the post and just let him play some bully ball. And, or even Tyler Kolick, you know, pick and roll. That's kind of been his bread and butter. But how about Daryl Morsell? I know he fouled out in this game, Jordan, but you you texted me. You said Morsell is money. So Yes. That's a guy too. He stepped up huge in that second half. Yeah. You're you're spot on with that. Igadaro and Prosper, both those guys have played well when they, how it's kind of worked is they kind of split minutes. So they each got 24 a pop. If you look at it like that, Greg Elliott didn't really play well, but that's a good sign when Greg Elliott scores only four in 20 minutes and you're getting the win. But that just, that's correct to Tyler Kolick again for putting up 18 points, five for 13 shooting, but still getting 18, six six assists out of him, not six rebounds. He had zero, you know, that's not really his thing, but mm. in 18.6 assists out of him is something that, that's big for this Marquette team. And just, I'm excited for how this team has been playing, but sounds like Justin Lewis might be out Wednesday, Jordan. I don't know if you've oh, seen that, but that's, I have not. that's alarming if that's still the case, but that's kind of their next game now, or it might actually it's Tuesday. My bad. It is UConn. Yep, they play Tuesday night against UConn. I forgot that game. It's not not the Wednesdays like the Big East. You know, they usually do the Wednesdays and Saturdays. Right. Yeah, it's Tuesday, so my Switching apologies. But 5.30 p.m., FS1. RJ Cole for Connecticut, UConn is game-time decision. That would be big yes. for the Golden Eagles, but that kind of wraps it up for our Golden Eagle talk. I just talk in Big East standings as well, Jordan. Uh, right now, Marquette is sitting at third, eight and four in so the no conference. But it, it, they have the, like the most games played them in Villanova because of COVID. So you know, other teams really don't have all their games in, but it's looking good right now. You know, with UConn being six and four, Marquette being eight and four, if they win this game, that really will 
kind of like put them in that third third spot right there. I I don't know. It's unlikely, but maybe they can, you know, go past Villanova. Villanova still has to play some of those. I think they've played Providence one more time. Yeah. I think Providence might have this thing locked up though. Have that one seed locked up. But the, the biggest tournament's what matters. We saw Georgetown last year win it. They won't this year. Owen Town in the conference. Yeah, Six that Georgetown win last year was insane. Eleven game losing streak right now for Patrick Ewing's team. So um, And there's just a big upset that happened in the Big East. What was that? Who was it the Paul? The Paul? Did they they did so, they, they win? Yeah. I think it was DePaul. It was like a very bad team beat a decent team in the Big East. I forgot what it was, though. Yeah, DePaul beat Xavier. That would have been yeah, that's what it was. 69-65. Yep. I did see DePaul pulling off something. I was like, I, they, DePaul I don't know how they did what? that. I don't know where that came from, but they did at the end of the day. So we're ramping up our college basketball talk here as we head into March Madness. We'll be doing what we were just talking before we recorded about some big plans for March Madness season. A few other scores to pass your way. In the world of college basketball, last Thursday, February 3rd, the downfall of UCLA began as Arizona, the seven seed, beat the three seed 76-66. I think Arizona is legit this year. I think they've got some guys. They've got a shot to go pretty far in the tournament. But I say that's the downfall of UCLA because on Saturday, two days ago, UCLA lost a triple overtime game to Arizona State, a 7-13 and Arizona State who now plays Arizona coming up right here on Monday night, 8 o'clock Central Time. Arizona and ASU, that's obviously that fun game there. And also Kansas and Texas, a big-time Big 12 matchup. But going back to Saturday, UCLA losing two games in a row, very concerning. Auburn survived Georgia 74-72. They barely, barely kept that one seed intact. Purdue beat Michigan at the four. Kentucky beat Bama. I thought Bama might possibly have a shot to knock off Kentucky, but sadly that did not happen. And then we saw Kansas absolutely demolish Baylor. This wasn't even close. 83-59. Kansas was up 12-2 to start. They were up 39-21 at the half. This Jayhawks team, my Jayhawks, are just a thing of beauty right now. I can't wait to see how they do in the tournament because they don't always do well but hopefully they can ramp it up this year. Also on Saturday, Villanova beat UConn. Obviously, that's the Villanova team Marquette just beat, and the UConn team Marquette will be playing coming up. Michigan State, number 13 in the, wor- the, in the world. Sure, I guess that works. They lost to Rutgers, but otherwise, I mean, below a 23 Texas beat 20 Iowa State. 21 Xavier lost to DePaul, as we said there. The 25 seed in LSU lost. But the only other game we wanted to talk about was the Badgers in Penn State, 59-41. This game was 18-13 to at the half. That is, dare I say, unacceptable, to say the least. But a two-point win for the Badgers. Somehow they survived, even though Johnny Davis put up four points. Four points from this man, two of 13 shooting. Again, Badgers six of 21 from three, and just 37.5% from the field. Drew, I think we can just chalk this up as a bad week for the Badgers and hopefully move on, but this is concerning if they don't change things. Certainly concerning for this Wisconsin team with high hopes with how they've really performed this year. Uh, Hopefully, you know, being a Marquette fan. For Wisconsin fans, though, I you know hope hope you turn around, but Marquette's been, you know, the team. It's been... I root for them all, baby. I love them all. I love all these teams. Wisconsin, Kansas, Marquette. Those are my college teams. Always has been. Looking ahead in this week, though, on February 8th, coming up. So tomorrow, if you're listening on Monday, 
Number 11, Wisconsin. Number 13, Michigan State. Obviously, numbers could be a little different, but a 6 o'clock matchup on Tuesday. Big-time stuff coming up there, and that's all we really got for the world of college basketball. Drew, unless Uh, you got anything else? I got something else, Jordan. Okay, okay. I wasn't done yet. Patrick Baldwin Jr., guess what? He's back. Oh, yes, he is. Second game back was today, or yesterday. He played Cleveland State. Um, However... Has not necessarily been exciting. Uh, well, he's going to take a while to get back into it. Yeah, for Purdue, I, I wasn't sure if we we're going to see this guy back on the court yet. But hey, then I'll be at games when, on Wednesday. I believe they have a game. I'll be there, and then I think they got they're on a homestand, so I'll, I'll be at some games. But he he put up, I believe, thirteen against Purdue Fort Wayne. They still got the loss. They lost both games with him there. But yeah, he finished with thirteen and thirty two minutes. And then he also, yeah, put up. Oh, he's five playing points. 32 minutes. They're not yeah. even playing unlimited at all. He's no, full no, back. He full, yeah, he's fully back, Jordan. Five points then, one for eight shooting today with 30 minutes. But having that guy back on the court is big for this Milwaukee team. Now they can, I think they'll, I don't know, I think they can win some games and make a little run here maybe in the Horizon League tournament because, hey, records don't matter then. That's, that you just, it's do or die right there. But that kind of wraps up my, my part of the college basketball talk where's the horizon league tournament we should go it's in indianapolis we're not going. oh that's right that's right yeah that's that's kind of far actually but let's talk some bucks in the world of the nba second in the central are this bucks team right now they're coming off a terrible loss that drew is at 136 to 100 to the nuggets but then they end up rebounding well 112 to 98 over the wizards and 137 to 108 over the trailblazers that was a 30 point effort from bobby portis was that his career high had to be it will it Ooh, it was a season high. I don't think it was his career high. It was not? I'll, to, I'll do some research while you talk you, about this Bucks team. I know they made a waiver, waiver move recently, too. I mean, they're bulking up. Well, yeah, a 10-day contract. Do you remember Greg Monroe oh, when yeah. he was first on the Bucks? Yes, I do, actually. There you go. So just to put some context here, Greg Monroe, when he signed uh, in 2015, he was kind of like that first big free agent Milwaukee was able to bring in and it kind of proved like, hey, Milwaukee can sign people. Because Monroe, I believe, had offers from the Knicks and the Lakers, and he chose to sign with Milwaukee. So that was a big signing. And then it ended up, you know, he had some solid years here, ended up then just working out where he was a, a asset, a part of a trade. So they ha- he goes down to Phoenix in that Bledsoe trade that was done by Milwaukee. And then with that, he hasn't been it really, you know, last time Monroe played in the NBA was 2018 to 2019. And now he's been back this year on some 10-day 10, 10 contracts. And he has looked great. Jordan, I don't know if you've seen photos of him. He looks, he is in shape. Like he is good. Like he, he slimmed down. He just looks, you know, like, because his game basically when he was first on the Bucks, is like 20 years, you know, like 20 years ago, basically like center, like, you know, post-up game, not much else. And just your traditional center. But now he's really revamped it where now he can guard. Like we saw him against Portland. He was on some on the some ones and twos, you know, like guarding Simons, guarding McCollum. We saw him on some guards. So I was good to see. And he was hanging in there, Ben McLemore. Like he was played, played them all very well. And with that, I kind of want to talk about how that game went. That 137 to 108 dub. Did you Bobby Portis? 38 is his yeah, career high. I didn't think it was. So it was in 2018. So not too long ago. Yeah. So this Bucks game though. Uh, give Trailblazers, you know, some slack. They cut them some slack because they actually made some trades the day before with um, the Clippers. So that involved two of their starters and Powell and Covington. 
guy that I want the Bucks to get. So they, they really weren't full strength. And, you know, like Bloodso was actually you know involved in that trade. So he was actually there last night, cannot play. Dame's been out. Damian Lillard is who I'm referring to. And then Nasir Little's out for the year. Another guy I wanted the Bucks to get. But So was it like they're playing a G League team, basically? No, they still played some. Like McCollum played. Simon's played. Oh, okay. Uh, Justice Winslow, you know, it was the guy, part of the trade he played. But my point is Trailblazers not known for defense. Nurkic uh, made a dunk. He dunked on Yas for the game, or not for the game, but like in the first quarter right away and was kind of flexing and stuff. And then Giannis kind of went absolutely crazy. Giannis nailed, like, they, they were literally sagging off Giannis. Like, it was warm-up threes. Nobody was around him. Four for seven for three. He drilled, I believe, his first three. So he kind of let him know. He finished with 29, nine, and six. But Giannis only needed 25 minutes, Jordan. That's how out of hand this game Oh, got. wow. I'll, I'll go into it. They it's like a 70, half. 70 points in the first half. It was, yeah, 70 to 54, I think it was. Yeah. And then with that, it got out of hand. You know, 37 to 21 was the third quarter. So a 16 point advantage there. So Bucks were up, Bucks were up 30 plus, basically. And the whole fourth quarter, we saw, you know, it was all bench players who played for the Bucks. It was Mamo Kalashvili, Thanasis Antakumbo. Uh, Semi Ojale got eight minutes. Uh, throwing out more names. Hood got eight minutes. Rodney got 12. Monroe got 15 minutes. Talk about, you know, his, him coming in and just, they were able to, Lindell Wigginton got some minutes as well. So they, they played like the full quarter, basically. So it was only a three quarter game for the Bucks, but they got a back to back. So last night they played against the Clippers in LA. So I was going to mention this, this upcoming schedule is kind of insane. So they played last night, right? They played Sunday night at the Clippers. So obviously they stay in LA because they play the Lakers on the eighth. That game will be on TNT. And then they're also on TNT again on the 10th. So Tuesday and Thursday. They're both on TNT playing the Lakers and the Suns, and then they've got a three-game homestand. But, like, the schedule doesn't let up. They're playing the 6th, the 8th, the 10th, the 14th, the 15th, and the 17th. Very busy schedule for the Bucs, and the 14th, 15th, and 17th all at home. Yeah, and Jordan, that Thursday game, I you better watch. They play the Suns. That's going to be a game, you know. It's a big if rematch. You want, if you want to watch, that's a game to watch. But It's a late-night wanna- game, too. I just want to say Bobby Portis in 24 minutes, like, yeah, 30 points, four rebounds, five assists, six for eight from three, literally wouldn't miss. He was taking heat checks, fadeaway threes in the corner, was not missing oh from the left or right corner. It was absolute show the Bucks put on in Portland. So it was just such a fun game to watch. I watched the whole thing. Started at 9 p.m., late games recently. I love late games. Well, a 9 p.m. game, you know, they've been doing that in at the Forum, Pfizer Forum. Mark yeah, that- did that. Oh, Bucks uh, Marquette, first. I was the at, Marquette one really threw me off. Like the box, I can understand. Like TV, you know, TV scheduling schedule. it up. Yeah, that's how it was with Marquette. But the Marquette too. one it didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, so you know, you know, they call it like what is it like Bucks it Bucks in dark or whatever Bucks in the yeah dark. Bucks after dark. You got to yeah, stay Bucks, late to enjoy these Bucks games after dark, and then they also called it Marquette after dark, and that's that's what we got. And both teams won them get their games. So hey, Maybe it must it's a work. Good yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and they're still packed stadiums. It's not like they're slacking. So that's it. Do we have anything else to round out the episode before trivia? I think we got it all, Jordan. I think. I also have to say, we might have UFC recap on Sunday. I missed the last one, but there's a pay-per-view coming up on Saturday. Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker, the rematch for the middleweight championship. So we might have that as long as I get to pay attention and watch everything. So those might be back coming up on Sunday. We might have a six-episode week. Unheard of. Never been done before. But let's get right into it. Trivia time. You were 7 out of 10 last week in the general rules of hockey trivia. Now it gets a little tougher. We're talking 
of the NHL divisions? Are you ready? Five questions. I I feel pretty good. I actually like. Okay. I don't know. I I know my hockey divisions. Like, I I know like all right. All right. Okay. True or false? Then you should be able to tell me that there are two conferences in the NHL. We know that. I just told you that, and they are the Northern and the Southern. Is that true or false? Bruh, false. Yes, it is the Eastern and Eastern the Western. West. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how they all do them. Well, you never know. Hockey might be different. I gave but you no. a bruh. bruh. I know you did. That's when you know it's bad. Yeah. How many divisions are there in the NHL? Okay. Um, I think there's four, right? There is four. So that is indeed correct. And I'm going to name the divisions because this comes into play for our next question. So there's the Metropolitan, the Atlantic, the Central, and the Pacific. All right. I can go over them again if you need me to. Okay. Which, I, I... which two of those belong to the Western Conference? The Central. That's read, one. Read them again now. now okay, I read so you, the got, you got the Central, right? You got the Central. Now one more belongs to the Western Conference. Is it the Atlantic? The Pacific? Oh, Pacific. Okay, the, sorry. I, yes, okay. Yes, Pacific indeed it is. I mean, you can kind of guess with these half the time, right? Metropolitan is the other division. True or false? One of those four divisions features teams solely from Canada. Okay, this is where, you know, I know it's structured, but now we're talking inside it now. Um, see, there's enough teams where I think that's possible, but at the same time, I, hmm, I think that include New I'm going to say false. It is false. They are kind of mixed around in there. Now, last year when they had the COVID year and they went to three divisions, they had one that was all with Canada. And I know I kind of mentioned that to you a little bit, but that was, that was COVID year. That was difference. Things were switched up. All right. Final question. I think you'll be able to go five of five. What division are the Minnesota wild in the central? Beautiful. Absolutely. Got it done. That'll lead into next week, the final bit of trivia, where we talk about the Minnesota Wild. That'll probably be tough. I mean, it's a little bit of history lessons and stuff in there, but that's what we got coming up next week. You are now 12 of 15. I'll take that. Uh, If I listen to your hockey recap, I mean, I will. So like when I listen to it, will I be able to help me with some of the trivia next week? Mm, No. No, No, not at all. No, I'm looking through it right now. I will not. So you can't, it's not a little study guide. No cheat codes in there. Darn it. But hey, next week coming up, Minnesota Wild, final bit of trivia before episode 50. This wraps up episode 48. We can't thank you guys enough all for listening. We got huge week coming up. Don't forget to follow us everywhere. Jordan Drew, the sports crew on YouTube. JD Sports Pod on Twitter. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on Instagram, along with Jordan Drew, the sports crew on Facebook. I'm Jordan Law underscore PXP on the Twitter machine. Keep me over 100 followers. Please don't unfollow now that we got to 100. And Drew, shut yourself out to run things out. Yeah, you guys know the drill. Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G on all social medias. And that'll wrap up another edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.